0: TED Audio Collective. For those of you who don't know, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. It's a time to celebrate the contributions of employees with disabilities, and it also presents an opportunity to reflect on what we can do to make our workplaces more inclusive and inviting for everyone. So what might this look like? We're about to find out. I'm Madupa Akinola. This is TED Business. There's a persistent disability employment gap across the world. Our speaker today, disability rights advocate and entrepreneur Tiffany Yu, has dedicated her career to changing that. She's here to tell us that companies need to work harder on creating flexible workspaces where employees with disabilities can really succeed. Then after the talk, I'll discuss how I embrace flexibility in my own teaching practice to make my classroom a more accommodating space. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well... all in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com
1: slash investing. Hey, Ted Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox, exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. All around the world, there's a huge disability employment gap. In most countries, the unemployment rate for people with disabilities is twice that of people without disabilities. Often, it's as high as 80%. There are over a billion people in the world living with a disability. To have 80% of us unemployed, that's so much untapped potential. As someone with a paralyzed arm and living with a mental health disability who's worked in the financial sector and entertainment and tech, I know that having a disability doesn't bar you from doing good work. So it's shocking to me that this disability employment gap is so persistent. In the US, the Americans with Disabilities Act prohibits discrimination in hiring and requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations. And studies show that companies who prioritize disability inclusion are more profitable overall. So what exactly is the problem? Recruiters, human resources staff, managers, they tend to think of hiring people with disabilities as a social good or as something they have to do to meet a quota. But they should be hiring disabled people because of our strengths and all of the value and innovation we can bring. Here are three things every workplace can do to truly welcome people with disabilities. It's not comprehensive, but it's a start. First. Stop making assumptions. Our culture tends to treat disability as a medical diagnosis, a tragedy, or a charity case. And all of these things are rooted in pity. They prevent us from being seen as peers and equals. These assumptions lead to a lot of avoidance. People tend to not ask us about our lives and hobbies outside of work, or don't invite us to company social outings. There's so much fear about saying the wrong thing that instead people say nothing at all. They treat disabled people like we're invisible when all we want is to be seen and heard and accepted like anyone else. These assumptions also make people jump to conclusions about what we can and can't do without even asking. For me, assuming I can't type because I can't use one of my arms or assuming a blind person can't be an engineer when to succeed at work, you need to have people who see your full potential because without that, nobody wins. So please, Take the time to get to know us, invite us to things, ask us the same kind of questions you would have any colleague. What drew you to this work? What are your goals? What do you hope to do from here? And listen to our answers, but also respect our boundaries. If there's something we're not comfortable discussing, we'll let you know. And anytime you feel unsure, just ask us privately so we can make those decisions. You can even start by saying, I'm still learning how to get better at talking about disability. Second, rethink accessibility and accommodations starting now. Disability takes so many different forms. It can be about someone's sight, hearing, or mobility. It can be ADHD, dyslexia, or chronic pain. About 62% of employees with disabilities have ones that are not apparent. So even if you don't think there are people with disabilities in your organization, there probably are. And that's why I strongly recommend that workplaces create spaces with disability and accessibility in mind. That way, you're paving the way for future employees, clients, and customers who might benefit from accommodations too. At one of my first jobs at an investment bank, the company did something cool. Within a month of starting, I and all other new hires got an ergonomic assessment of our workstations. They actually had a person thinking about my access needs in multiple ways, like getting a foot rest and keyboard wrist pad, which a lot of colleagues got, to asking if I might benefit from speech-to-text technology because I type with one hand. I've always tried to find these little hacks to make my work environment more comfortable, but the fact that this person offered so many options proactively, it made me feel so welcome without making me feel like my needs were special. It would be amazing if every employer could do some version of this. I mean, why not? But there are also more simple things that can make an impact. Like what about listing accessibility information if you're hosting an event or automatically turning on captions for video meetings? Another way to think about this is what do my employees need in order to thrive? It starts with equipping people with a variety of tools. Third, embrace flexibility, like disabled people have had to do our whole lives. People with disabilities have been advocating for remote work environments and flexible hours for decades now, and it took a pandemic for the world to realize it could happen. All of a sudden, this thing that seems so wild has become commonplace. And this isn't the first time I can think of when an accommodation for people with disabilities ended up improving life for society at large. Audiobooks, curb cuts, closed captioning, even electric toothbrushes Disability is so often the root of innovation. So as we get back to the office, let's remember that all of us can thrive with flexibility. For people with disabilities, let's provide the option to work remotely at the hours when we can be the most productive from wherever works best. I mean, some of us do great working from our bed. And really, let's hold on to the openness that we can work around everyone's needs. Let's keep finding ways to embrace flexibility as part of our company's culture. We know that companies need to work harder on hiring us, retaining us, promoting us, paying us fairly, and amplifying our efforts. To do that, we need to stop making assumptions, rethink accessibility, and embrace flexibility. That is what will help close the disability employment gap.
0: To learn more, visit odoo.com/tedbusiness. That's o-d-o-o, dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary workday until the Singapore presentation is at three a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at Canva.com. Designed for work. This talk is a great reminder of how intentional we need to be in creating inclusive workspaces. It really resonated with me because over the years, I've had the pleasure of teaching students with a range of disabilities, and I've learned and grown from each one of these experiences. One big takeaway for me is that I can be short-sighted in understanding how my choices might impact other students. For example, like a lot of people, I don't love hearing my own voice, and I especially don't love the way it sounds when amplified. I used to do everything to avoid using a mic, but after teaching a student who had a hearing impairment, I realized that in using a mic and speaking clearly, I was actively helping them succeed. There was even a positive spillover effect from this. My adjustment also made it easier for non-native English speakers to really be able to keep up with what was being said in the course. So many spaces or events just aren't set up with these considerations in mind. Take, for instance, presenting to an audience where they might be someone who is legally blind. When I've been in that situation in the past, I had to prepare my slides much further in advance, making sure they were in a format that could be used by text-to-voice services. When there were quotes on the screen, I had to remember to read them out loud. These are things so many of us don't take into consideration because of our own ablest thinking. I've seen how these experiences have made my students feel more welcome in the classroom, but they've also made me a more flexible and thoughtful teacher for everyone. And for that, I'm truly grateful. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Pushkin Industries and fact-checked by Hana Matsudaira. Special thanks to Alejandra Salazar, Michelle Quint, Corey Hajim, and Colin Helms. I'm Madupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week.